Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jimmy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, fun day here, April the 25th, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, I'm going to jump into 30 things you could do as a business owner. And I'm actually going to play off of a piece that uh, Vince Gabriel had sent out um, basically just applying it to gym owners and it'd be all the things you could do as a gym owner. Vince does a lot of uh, business coaching for fitness professionals, specifically the ones who own a gym uh, and still have brick and mortar facilities like the giant warehouse that I'm sitting in right now. I'm going to apply it to all businesses, uh, small businesses where I'm going to go with it because that's what I run. That's what we own. That's, you know, that's my expertise. I don't got a lot of it, but in this narrow lane, um, I'm still here kicking and breathing, so uh, I guess I know what I'm talking about, at least for the most part. And even if you're a person who doesn't run a small business, if you're a person who supports small business, uh, the local coffee shop you go to, the bakery, the gym, if you will, the yoga studio, the barber shop, all these places that are run by people in your community that live in the community, that spend money in the community, that support the community. I think this will be helpful for you if you're somebody who even works in, a, you know, you work for a Fortune 500 company, but you have a side hustle. You have a passion project that maybe you want to turn into a side hustle, that maybe you want to turn your side hustle into your main career one day. I think this can be very helpful for you. It can paint a very clear picture. It'll be brutally honest. Uh, it might talk you out of it. It might talk you into it. And it might just give you a clear vision of what it would look like for you in the future moving forward. Or if you want to take it from you know level one to level two uh, as you kind of move through your career journey, if you will. Uh, I'm going to flip the script here just a little bit. Uh, if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, which used to be iTunes, meaning you're listening to this on your iPhone or your MacBook, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. If you listen to me ramble on for, you know, maybe years at this point, scroll your finger all the way down on the uh, app itself and drop us a five star and just leave a couple of sentences. We truly would appreciate it. Selfishly, obviously, it helps us. And uh, we do value your guys' feedback. We're very humbled that you listen, so I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it would help if you drop a review and leave a couple comments. So we thank you guys, the thousands of you who already have. And there's a ton of you who listen. And like I said, I'm very humbled by that. And uh, I'm selfishly asking for something uh, before I start running my mouth here. So I thank you in advance. Also, before we dive in, the podcast is brought to you by, you guys already know, my homies at Athletic Greens. It's the one thing I take every single day. I never miss. Uh, it's hard for any adult to eat 10 to 12 servings of, of fruits and vegetables every single day. It's hard for any person to digest that much vegetables, at least for me specifically. And just to do all the prep work and carry it with you, it's not realistic, even for me and my lifestyle. And I value health more than anything. I'll eat any way I have to. You know, if they told me I could go out to my backyard and pick up my dog shit and eat it, and that would make me the healthiest person ever, I'd fucking do it. That's how much I care. And even with that said, it's really hard to process all that stuff in a day. So I take Athletic Greens to cover the gaps in my nutrition. It's the best tasting greens on the planet. It's not even close. Uh, I've taken way worse shots at the bar. In fact, I don't even mind Athletic Greens. I actually like the flavor of it. I mean, is it a milkshake? No, but it's pretty fucking good for what it is. And if you're somebody who's taken 14 pills now, you can throw those away. It literally is just take some powder, throw it in the shaker bottle they send you, and slam it. 
and you get 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food ingredients all wrapped up into one. So if you're talking about helping your immune system, helping your gut health, helping digestion, uh, helping support energy, they have 7 billion probiotics in there as well, which is pretty badass. And it doesn't matter what you have going on inside your body for almost everybody, it works. There's no gluten, no dairy, no corn, no eggs, no peanuts, no animal byproducts, no lactose, no sucrose, no dextrose, no GMOs, no herbicides, pesticides. They don't add any fake shit to it. It's literally just all the good stuff you need in your life. So if you're interested, the site, athleticgreens.com forward slash Jeremy Scott, you can get a year supply of free vitamin D, which everybody needs, and five free travel packs with your first order. And if you're really on the fence and you're not sure, shoot me a DM, send us an email. I'll have Monica send you a pack right to your front door. I don't care what state or country you live in. We will ship it to you. You can try it. Then you'd be like, wow, he wasn't full of shit. It actually does really taste great. And then you can get hooked up with all the free stuff. My gift to you guys because I care about you. Or if you want to jump on it right now, because you've heard me talk about it 800 times, the site athleticgreens.com forward slash Jeremy Scott, and you guys are in business. So before we talk about running a business and the things you could do when you run a business, my man, Tommy Baker, put out this great little snippet probably two, three weeks ago. I screenshot it and I saved it here in a Word document because I wanted to share it with you. And this pertains to who you take advice from who you surround yourself with, uh, the circle, I guess, uh, that you live your life around. And when I say the circle, I talk about not just physical proximity because that's a part of it. And I always think about if you ever watched uh, like one of those like space documentaries or those like uh, they're talking about the galaxies and how big the world is. It's like Neil deGrasse Tyson will be on there and they'll show like Earth and they'll zoom out and show all the planets and they'll show like a galaxy and then like maybe like a black hole and like another galaxy and another galaxy. And it's just like how huge the world is and how small um, we really are. And or like Men in Black, like at the end of each Men in Black movie, if you guys have seen him, uh, we'll have like an alien, like basically it's like they're playing marbles with the planets. Like Earth is like a single marble and there's like 40 marbles. Then they pick up all the marbles and they put them in a bag. And then they put that bag like into like a box and they put the box like into a locker. The point I'm driving at is it just shows how small we really are. And you can even feel small on Earth. Like obviously I was just talking to my man Dennis today after our disgusting uh, Sunday Advanced Metcon here, which I'm still feeling like a bag of shit from. Uh, about how hiking the Grand Canyon, him and I were talking about it and just training for it and different things and just how when you're at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, you, you, you feel like you're so insignificant, like you're so small, like you don't matter, right? And I I don't mean that in a negative way, but I've obviously hiked it and being in the bottom of this, you know, this giant hole, if you will, you realize, A, you're so little. And if you died right now, everything down here would still keep going. It wouldn't matter. Animals would obviously come eat me at some point, and I would decay and become obviously this organic decaying matter on the ground, which would turn into soil and all these things. But the river's still going to run. The wind's still going to blow. It's still going to rain. The sun's still going to come out. You know, everything is going to keep going, and I'm so insignificant in uh, the process. And the reason I'm driving towards that and how small, you know, Earth is and how small we can see of the entire scape of, like, obviously the universe... I know you guys think I'm going crazy here. We live our life in such a small circle. Like, right? We 
only connect with so many people. Obviously, with technology now, it can become thousands and actually millions, which is super cool. But on my day-to-day life, and I call my quote-unquote real life, I own, and I probably see, you know, 100 people a day, give or take. Most of you see far, far less. And I, but I live in such a small geographic circle. Like, you know, we're not even scratching the surface of it. Like, I, I basically, you know, drive on, on two roads to get here. I go from my house, uh, the grocery store is in between, and I come to work. And that's a majority of my days. And it's it's really, it's just crazy to think, like, how small our, our circles are and how they shape our lives. You know, where we live, who we talk to, who we communicate with, and who we take advice from, who we listen to, who we consume, and what we consume. And that's kind of what he's writing here is, is just... He was talking about just choose wisely uh, when you're listening to people on advice for certain things. And the one thing I've said for a long time is I don't take advice from people who aren't doing better than me. And I'm not saying I don't listen to things and I don't hear comments, but I don't take advice from people who are not doing better than me, especially like criticism uh, specifically. And when I mean better, I don't mean make more money. Because I don't think if you made more money than me, you're doing better than me. I'm not saying like if you were fitter than me. Because I'm not saying that's the pinnacle. I mean, when I say better, I mean happier. More fulfilled. Have a, a better sense of gratitude. Understand like what, you know, your own individual purpose is. You have this fulfillment, you know, that other people don't. That's what I mean by being better. So it's very hard to obviously listen to outside noise from people who are miserable and pissed. And it's it's hard to take advice and criticism from people who haven't, you know, been successful doing what they're giving you advice on doing. Does that make sense? It's why I don't talk about uh, and tell people like, hey, here's how you should raise four kids. I've never raised four kids. What the fuck do I know what I'm saying? Um, I would never tell someone how to, you know, obviously, like, here's how you run an accounting firm. I've never ran an accounting firm. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yet you see a lot of people who are willing to give you advice and chirp in your ear, who have never done what the fuck you're doing, who have never been successful at what they're telling you what to do. And that's why I say you have to choose wisely and be very cautious of who you're listening to, who you're following, who you're watching, and who you're letting infiltrate your brain. And it might be directly happening or what I call like indirectly happening, where you're just scrolling on social and your feed is just full of shit. People who are just kind of, you know, they're just jazzing you. They're not really giving you the realness. And you got to be, you know, just very mindful of that when you look at it. And, and Tommy wrote this piece where he was saying, and I quote, I don't take relationship advice from people on their third divorce. I don't take business advice from people who have a full time nine to five. I don't take book writing advice from people who haven't been published. Here's the deal. Be careful who you seek guidance, coaching, or mentorship from. Otherwise, you'll find yourself more lost than ever. Because everybody has advice for you. Everyone has coaching for you. Everyone has guidance for you. Yes, I understand the irony is I'm a coach here just rambling on. But I also know I'm not for everyone. And I'm the, I'm the, I'm the first person to admit that. In other words, of the shiny toys and the clean branding and the influencers, you know, renting cars to get into your feeds and, and do the sizzle things to get in front of your face and the, you know, get rich quick schemes and, you know, showing you their house and the jet and uh, I'm super fit and I'm always super happy and there's no bullshit. Uh, 
For all of you listening, it's important for you to use filters. It's important for you to, you know, use your gut feeling. And I say that because most of the time your gut is right. And whenever I'm, you know, seeking guidance or counsel, if you will, I ask a few questions. Number one, is this person living the life that I want to live? That's most important. Not do they have the stuff I want to have. Not do they have the money I want to have. Like not the car, not the house, not the fake famous, you know, shit. Do they have the life I want to have? Because if there's someone who's working, you know, their balls off, you know, or, you know, they're dying every single day just to keep that stuff, working 24-7, 365, you know, never enjoying the process, not being fulfilled in the tasks they do every single day, actually hating their job but doing it just for things, or they work so hard they can never, you know, see their kids, or they work so hard that they're not fit and they're not healthy, I'll pass. Because that's not a life I want to live. Number two, does this person share aligned values with me? If they're about leaving a positive impact, um, for sure. But if they're spewing, you know, nonsense online and uh, they're the type of people who, you know, get in arguments about uh, politics or, uh, you know, mask politics or screaming, you know, to try to share their exact same viewpoint in life and and won't listen to anybody else on on what side of the fence they're on, I'll pass. Because I I have no interest in that at all. Number three, is this person really who they say they are? And that's probably one of the biggest ones. Because if there's something off at a gut level, you know, if the person is really trying too hard, you know, to be something they're not, and it doesn't feel right to you, you got to pass, man. I'm a fan of authentic people who are just unapologetically the exact way that they are. Because I don't want to surround myself or take advice from people who aren't living a similar life that I want to live. And what I mean is that they're happy and they're fulfilled and they're doing things for similar reasons to how I would do them. And because we do share the same values and because they are who they say they are. And it's not just a show, it's not just a front, it's not just a, you know, it's not a shtick. You know, they're not, you know, playing a character for fucking WWF here. I I don't want to be part of somebody's, you know, facade life. And now while I do believe you can learn from any individual, whether it be an example or a lesson of what to do or what not to do, because even people in your life who suck um, and around, you can learn things from them of what not to do how not to carry yourself, the mistakes that you don't need to make. There is lessons, obviously, in that. And so you can learn from any individual. But this is about direct influence. This is about um, the people who can have a massive impact on your life. And if you're not feeling it, whatever situation you're in, with friends, with a job, with a group, whatever it may be, it's okay to say no. Every opportunity is not for you. Every job's not for you. Every, you know, training program, every gym, every uh, group of people, every person is not for you. It's okay to be selfish. It's okay not to listen to toxic people. It's okay to hit the mute button. And it's okay to step away and do what's best for you and change your circle if you need to.
And by the way, this is not about being perfect uh, or not making mistakes because Lord knows I make plenty of mistakes and I am far from perfect and I have no interest in trying to be. It will never happen. It goes a lot deeper than that. You just have to really choose wisely, you guys, you know, because there is great humans out there and like attracts like. But you first have to make yourself awesome and you'll attract people who are similar to you. And that goes for everything with coaching and, and mentorship and guidance. These things can change your life. Um, and, and usually it's the community of the people inside of those things that do change your life the most. So just choose wisely in terms of the things you listen to, the things you watch, and the people you surround yourself with, and the places you go every single day. Because the world is big, it's huge, it's far bigger than we can imagine. And oftentimes um, our world gets kept so small, we get trapped and kind of locked into these, you know, invisible prisons of, you know, negativity and just kind of weird shitty situations that you can break free from any single time it's like the the picture I have in my brain when I say that is they show and I don't know if this is true or not they'll show like a a horse that's tied up you know to like an an immovable structure like these steel beams and the horse can't move and then it will show like a horse is tied up to you know basically like a lawn chair yet the horse would still stay there because it has this it's been conditioned so much. Well, when I'm tied up, I just stay and I don't move. It's like that an invisible prison. I'm sure that infographic is bullshit. Someone who owns horses or has ridden them more than me can tell me. But I think of it that way. Like a lot of these things, life doesn't got to be that way. And I, and I do think that with social media and the things that you watch and you see, like, oh, man, it's so negative. I'm like, you don't have to watch that shit. You can unsubscribe from it. You don't have to follow it. You don't have to see it. You don't have to listen to it. You can start following and listening and reading and watching things that are going to add value to your life. Like puppies. Puppies are great. It's it's a joke example, obviously, but there's things where you can start filling your feed with people who share your common interests, share your common thoughts, and just share the same positivity and goals that you do. That's the takeaway. So now that that's over, uh, we're talking about all the things you could do as a business owner, or as Vince Gabriel had coined it, as you could do um, being a gym owner. Now, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Obviously, for anybody out there who is starting a new business or they're working on a, on a passion project and the income is small and the budget is small, you're probably going to do everything. You're going to be all things to all people. And maybe you always will be in some capacity, but at some point, You'd have to delegate and step away. And admittedly, um, some things I have a problem uh, delegating. But I also don't have this interest to build this ginormous business that turns into a franchise and do multiple, you know, locations and and do chains. I, I like to keep my circle small, the people I trust, and I think it's fun. And I just like to enjoy the journey. But there's a lot of things I don't do, um, and I could do them. There's a lot of things. Uh, I could do and I certainly shouldn't do them because I'm terrible at them. And there's things I, I do like doing, but I understand the importance of them and, and how my day is structured and I have to, you know, delegate them as best I see fit and, and do even more of it moving forward. So when you start, though, you're going to do everything. Um, there's a great book for anybody out there who wants to change jobs or learn more about small business or maybe shift careers or turn their side hustle into their, their main focus. It's the E-Myth, excuse me, E-Myth by Michael Gerber. I've talked about it many times before. He talks about being the owner 
uh, the manager and the technician, basically covering all three phases of like a small business. And when you start, you'll be all those things. But the deeper you get into it, you can't do all of them efficiently if it's going to be sustainable and you're going to have any growth or any free time or any happiness. And so here's all the things you could do as like a fitness owner, a business owner, as a gym owner. The first thing you could do is you can actually be the technician. You can actually do the manual work. You can have the skill. You can train the clients, if you will. If you're the person who owns a barbershop, you could actually cut the hair. If you're the person that owns like, you know, Jenny's Bakery, you know, you could be Jenny and actually be doing the baking. And that's a very important skill. I think if you're talking small business, this is just my opinion. Uh, Again, I started this off as just a a, a fitness guy, not as a, a business guy. I've learned a lot along the way. We've branched off into multiple tributaries of different things and the things that make money now versus what I never thought would make money are kind of crazy. And it's weird how the world just kind of, you know, flips itself and we move and we shift and and we adapt to it. But I started this off because I I liked sports. I liked fitness. I liked movement. I liked competing. I like physical activity. I see the importance of it. It's it's my identity. It, It has been my entire life, whether it be sports to this. I look at it as it's all one and the same. So I'm the fitness person first. I became a business person, obviously, you know, by default, because otherwise I'd be homeless. And, you know, it's super cool to be shredded and tan, but not if you're on the street corner. And that's why you're tan begging for food. So I had to get my shit together. But the first thing you can do is you can be the technician. And I do think that's important in a small business. You have to be a practitioner, I think, to be you know, good at anything, or at least to understand it. Now, a lot of people will differ with me on that. There's people who run good businesses who don't know that much about what they're doing. They're just great at business, and they hire and put all the right people into place. That's awesome, too. But in terms of, like, the small ones where the heart and soul is into it, if you're going to, like, own a barbershop, you probably should know how to cut hair, or at least have an understanding of it at some point. If you're going to run an uh, uh, auto body shop, you probably should know a little bit about vehicles and cars and engines and how to do some of the work. I do think that for fitness for sure. And I think fitness more so than, than probably like even like the the auto shop. Because A, you can fill in obviously the gaps when people are gone or they call in sick. Like you can always be there and you can show up. And you can lead from the front though. And then people believe in you, especially in this space. You're talking about people's health. You're talking about people's habits, their behaviors, their patterns. You should know how to train them. You should know how to coach them up a little bit. You should be somebody who doesn't eat like shit and doesn't move. It's really hard to take advice from people who are hypocrites, in my opinion. You know, it'd be really tough for me to say, hey, eat this way, train this way, live this way, but I'm doing the exact opposite. So the first thing you can do is be a technician. You can actually train the clients. And I think that comes from you being a practitioner, not just teaching theory. You're teaching it from an application standpoint because you actually apply it to your own life and then you can apply it to others. So number one, you're the technician. Be able to actually do the work, train the clients. Number two, you can write emails for sure. I think any good business should have an email list because it's something you can own for sure. You don't own Instagram. You don't own Facebook. You don't own YouTube. You never will unless you're Zucks and none of you guys are him. So you didn't create it. You can't own it. They can change it in a heartbeat to you. Even the podcast, like we create the digital content, but we have these platforms that house them, but we at least own this uh, unless we sold it to somebody, but it's ours. 
But the one thing you can always do, and who knows, that might shift and change. If, you know, Apple Podcasts, they used to have iTunes, maybe they just say, hey, we're not going to do Apple Podcasts anymore. Fuck it, you're done. Or Spotify changes the model. Or Google Play doesn't want to carry us anymore. Or Stitcher says we're done. Or Podbean. Or whoever it is. Email you own. These are people who found you and opted into you, into your list, and you can message them. So one of the things that you should be doing is, is creating an email list, creating a database of people. You're going to have them in multiple buckets, hot leads, cold leads, you know, former clients, current clients. We do an email here uh, three times a week, every week, minimum. And I have done that for over 11 years now. Some weeks, it'll be four emails. Some weeks, it'll be five or six. And when we're selling stuff, which that's the reality, I'll, I'll send seven out. And I don't try to just send salesy shit. And anybody who reads our stuff obviously knows that. Uh, obviously we just present information and we just give and give and give. And then if we got a, something to offer, we'll offer it. And if you want to buy it, cool. If not, doesn't matter. I've had people literally read our emails for five years and never buy anything and then finally show up one day. Now that's either super good or super bad. It means either a, I write really shitty emails and it took them five years to come in or, you know, they were just ready. And, uh, we found them at the right time or, or we said the right thing or we built enough trust in them over or over the course of time. But I do think giving information for free and helping people is a great tool to grow your business and just it's a good thing to do for the world, especially nowadays where there's so much misinformation and so much bullshit out there. Um, giving something of, of value to really help others is, is key and crucial. So you should be writing emails as a business owner. You should be sending out a newsletter or like some updates or information. It doesn't got to be three times a week. I know what we do is excessive. It could be once a week. It could be once a month. It could be, you know, once a quarter, but um, it helps. And I always share the story of a man. I don't even know if he's in business anymore. His name is Ron Kuhn. And I call him Ron motherfucking Steele. Uh, I joke with Raul, who's been on the podcast. That's who Raul hooked me up with when I bought my first... Um, my first place, you know, over a decade ago, basically. And uh, Ron Kuhn had a, man, he had a great, he's a great porn stash. I mean, just a great, like, you know, like those old, like old pornos, like the super thick stash and everything else is clean shaven. Ron's stash is legendary. And uh, I'll never remember because he's a mortgage, he's a, he's a loan officer. He's a loan officer. He w sends out all the stuff, like usually like twice a quarter, what the market's doing, you know, here's the suggestions, just basic stuff, not asking for anything, not doing anything, but he sends it out. I've never had another one do that since. I've never had anybody else at those title companies, um, not these realtors, nothing. I don't get email newsletters from these people. Rarely do I get an email newsletter like from a realtor or these people that I work with. I'm sure a lot of them are sending them out. I don't see them. But Ron would send those out and they're always like very informational you know, very professionally done. And this is a guy who even called me by my wrong name. He would like write me the email. Hey, Scott, how's it going? I'm like, I fucking hate when people do that. But I kept him on the list because he was sending these informational messages. And I'm like, you know what? If I need to work with somebody, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's building trust with me. And honestly, when we went through the process with him, I'm trying to remember, I was so young. Um, he was very helpful. I asked a lot of questions. It was just after the world melted down, like 07, 08. So I'm asking him, you know, why did this happen? Like, how easy was it for people to get homes? And like, we're having this conversation. He's just very educational. And so the follow up with the emails was everything. So if you want to build trust with people and keep yourself on top of mind, I would send the emails, most definitely and do it consistently. Don't just send out shit. 
try to make them, you know, the best you can. If you're not great at writing, like, you know, I don't know. People say I send out really good stuff. My writing itself, I write like a six-year-old. I don't know how to use punctuation, but at least I know how to put sentences together. And I try to do it in the, the way, the style that I write. And that's it. And, and you play to your strengths and you work on it. And over time, you do get better. And you understand what people like and what helps them. And then things you care about, they care about. And it, there's a great synergy there. Number three, you should be filming videos. Um, you should be filming content for your business. I don't care what kind of business you run. Depending on what platform you want to use, uh, we obviously we do well on Instagram. We use Instagram a ton. We deliver a ton of value on there. We do the same thing for Facebook. I'll post some videos on LinkedIn. And we load a lot of the stuff later on. If you're watching right now, you're probably watching me ramble on YouTube, which we appreciate you guys for subscribing to the YouTube channel. I think we have like 1,300 videos on there. And again, I don't run ads to it. We don't do anything. It just lives there for people to find it, and it's free. And obviously, we do a lot of targeted stuff on Instagram and Facebook, but you should be filming videos. It, it tells a, a visual story of what you do. Some platforms work great for video. Some aren't as great. Some are more uh, text-driven, uh, like Twitter, for example. Obviously, YouTube, video-driven. Instagram, video-driven. Podcasts, not so much, but you can also watch a podcast if you're on YouTube. So I think you should be filming video content for your business consistently, whether it be daily or depending on what kind of business you run, it's weekly. And even if you think your business isn't fun and you don't have a lot of stuff to share, you do. Um, and people are interested. People will watch damn near anything, which I've really come down to understand. I mean, if you have shows about, you know, doctors popping pimples and you have 8 million baking shows and you have shows where people walk around and look at houses they're going to buy. HGTV. I mean, what the hell? Like, here's a couple um, they're looking to buy a house. Here's three houses they're looking at and they talk about their styles and they, it's just the weirdest shit. My point is people will watch anything. If you had a, a business about, you know, automotive repair, I'd watch some of it for sure. Cause there's things that I probably care about. If you're talking about, you know, here's the type of oil we would we'd use and not use. Here's how you change a tire. Like these are some things I know, but there's other things like, here's what a timing belt is. Like it just helps. And whether I watched every day or once in a while, it does help your business and it does differentiate you from the people in the space who aren't doing it. And it makes you become the you know pseudo expert, if you will, at least from someone else who isn't doing anything. Number four, if you run a gym, you, you could be spending time with your coaches, um, with your teammates, you know, talking to them, you know, just picking their brain or just shooting the shit with them. You know, but meeting with your team and, and the trainers and just having a conversation and dialogue is crucial and key. And you always have to be doing that. And my thing with that, and this is, you know, a side note. If you're talking about hiring people, just try to find good people, like good humans. And you can, obviously, there's certain skills you have to do. And, and if they can learn them, they can learn them. Every business is different. But here, especially, I care about good people more than anything. Like, yeah, we can talk about, like, the, the physical skills and the sets. <clears throat> Excuse me. But are you a good person? Like, can we trust you? Are you going to be cool to hang out with? Like, can I have a beer with you? And if the answer is yes, then you can probably work here. And Unless you're terrible at movement and fitness and you, you're just doing it for money, then no. But most people don't get into health and fitness for money, and I don't think you should. That's just a side note. If you're going to buy a business, don't buy a fitness business just because you like business. Do something completely different. Because I think you do have to love this um, to really be successful at it. When I say successful, I mean like really help people and really make an impact. Number five, look at your finances, man. 
you got to have a basic understanding of, of P&L sheets. Um, you know, what's coming in, what's going out, what you're trying to do, um, especially if you're, you're, the, you're the CFO, if you will. Uh, what do your taxes look like? You're, you know, on your quarterly schedule, state and federal. And uh, how much business money is the business making? How much money is the business losing? How much money does the business need to make? How much money do you need to make? What type of salary do you have to take? What are business expenses? What are personal expenses? Just have a real understanding of, of what you're doing now, what you're doing, you know, a half a year from now, and what, you know, it's looking like in the scope of 12 months. That's really as far out as I probably go with this. Now, obviously, we do some different things because we own commercial real estate and things like that. But in terms of this, it's pretty simple, cut and dry. And uh, not my favorite part of it, for sure. But with all the tools now that you use, whether it be like the Infusionsoft or QuickBooks or like the Mind Bodies, you can see, you know, what the business has done on average historically every April. So you have a, a pretty good picture, especially if it's in a place like, let's say, you run a seasonal type business. If you're an accounting firm, those dudes are obviously doing way more business, you know, this time of year than in July, if that makes sense. Same thing for, honestly, even being in like a Scottsdale place like this where it's like 8,000 degrees in the summertime, the restaurants crush it right now. They don't do as well, most of them, historically, in the summertime. It's the same thing here with the brick and mortar. Like, we do way better when it's not 400 degrees. Now, we still have clients who are here 24-7, 365, but we do have some people who like, I live in Calabasas in the summertime, or I live in Malibu, so I'm not going to be here for two months. Like, So we will take a hit there. But if you're understanding and looking at your financials, you can see this historical picture of what it's looked like every June, July, August, and then you can run your business accordingly. So again, I'm out of, I don't love doing that, but it's vital if you want the business to actually grow. Number six, you spend time meeting new clients, you know, talking to them, engaging with them, learning things about them. Every business is different, but here we know everybody. We know their names. We probably know their husband's name or their wife's name. We know where their kids go to school. We know how old their kids are. We know what sports they play. We know what kind of cars they drive. We know what they like in terms of music because they usually complain and talk shit and tell us. Things like that. Like, it's just important to be meeting with new clients consistently. Um, you just have to. It's the way I think of anything, it's just, it's the momentum of business. That's why you do things every single day and you don't take multiple gaps off. It's not because of the money and it's for some people it is. Yeah. But it's the momentum of things. The start and stopping I think is, is terrible. It's like, if you're running a marathon, I don't think you should just stop completely. If you need to slow down and jog or slow down and walk, that's fine, but don't just dead stop. It's the same way I think here. Today we went through this awful workout. We did like a 2K ski, 2K row, um, these carries for like 800 yards total, 100 push-ups. There's like, what is like a 600-yard run? It's terrible. But there's people here. I'm not going to say this guy's name. He's probably listening. Um, well, he'll like ski, and then he'll like walk away from the machine. They'll come back, and he'll ski, and he's dying. Um, never do that. Just keep skiing. Just keep rowing. Even if you slow down, just keep it moving so the meters keep going. That's how I think of business in terms of always connecting with new clients and, and, and new prospects. You always have to keep the momentum flowing, whether that be through social media or through emails or through, you know, obviously now we can do in-person stuff again, which is fucking amazing, but you always have to be meeting with new people. It's a momentum thing. Number seven, you might have to be negotiating with the landlord if you own a brick and mortar uh, facility. Luckily for me now, I'm my own landlord, so I meet with myself every single day, but it was a huge pain in the ass. For the first seven years I was in business, we had a landlord, his name was Nick, nice enough guy, 
But, uh, man, just a pain in the ass um, sometimes when it came to fixing stuff. Remember we had a leak one time on the ceiling, and the water's just dripping through the skylights. And I'm telling him this, and the floor is getting soaking wet, and I got a huge bucket there. And it's like he like wouldn't believe me. He's like he thought I was like full of shit or something. I'm like, bro, do you think I'm calling you? making this shit up because I want to come hang out with you today. I'm, I'm running a business. I got shit to do. And I remember the day he came, he, he was up on the roof. And it never rains here, obviously. Uh, we're in the desert. But in the summertime when the monsoon seasons come, it, this shit gets real. And he was up on the roof. And he was like, oh, I don't see anything. And then I remember it started raining. Like, just God was smiling on me that day. And was like, I'm going to make this shit rain on this dude like crazy. It starts pouring on him. So he runs back inside. And he's looking at the skylight, nothing's happening yet. And I'm like, give it a minute, dude. And he sat there, and all of a sudden, it's just like drip, 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 drip. And all of a sudden, on the floor. And uh, he's like, okay, I'll get that fixed. I'm like, well, yeah, no shit, buddy. Like, this is your job. The point is, is that you're going to have to probably work with the landlord at some point. And uh, it's probably not fun, but uh, it's just it's something you have to do. And understanding leases, uh, understanding insurance, whether it be, you know, cams, triple net, uh, these are things you guys will all learn if you run a business and uh, what you're responsible for, what they're responsible for, you know, how long you're on the hook for, what is the base rent? Um, does it go up every single year? Uh, what is the term? You know, is it a three year? Is it a five year? Like plus a five year option plus a two year option. These, these things are important. So if you're not, if you don't own the space you're in, you're going to have to get versed in that world. That's again, I don't want to get off topic here, but it's like, th these are a lot of facets to learn. It really is. And uh, if you're like me, I was young and stupid and I just kind of learned on the fly. And it's a lot of kicks in the nuts, man, and a lot of punches in the face for sure until you learn because people will take advantage of you. And if you don't know, it's it's a scary place to be. And that's the saying, right? Like if you walk into a room and you can't, you know, spot the sucker, you're the sucker, dude. Like it's the truth. If you can't, you know identify the person in the room who doesn't know what the hell's going on you're the person who doesn't know what the hell's going on and you know if I ever didn't want to do this for some reason and I just I, I became the landlord here instead of actually running the business in here I would try to be the best I could be and not be like the people I've seen before because um, a lot of these dudes get they get so big and they make so much money and they don't give a fuck and it's very just transactional I'd like to make it more relationship based that's how I like to kind of live my life but if you're going to get into this game, you're going to have to learn the ropes. And sometimes that comes tough if you don't have somebody uh, knowledgeable in your corner. Number eight, if you're running a gym, you're going to have to help clients, you know, kind of change the schedule. You're going to have to kind of eve and flow and, and shift and move and, and kind of work when they're not working. That's what we do. You just have to be available when they're not doing their other stuff. That's, uh, that's a tough part. And uh, I'm pretty good now. We just have a regimented schedule. It's stuck. I don't shift around a lot for people. Our, our crazies that uh, I've had for years, I'll do some things. But, you know, typically in the fitness game, you work when people aren't working, which is usually early in the morning or later in the day. Obviously, in, in Scottsdale, my ecosystem here is different. And now people working from home in different careers, it is kind of changing. But the popular times are early as hell and late at night. And you got to be willing to kind of roll with the punches with that. Number nine, you're probably going to have to deal with some maintenance issues as a business owner, whether it be heating, AC, or the plumbing. And I have uh, more than enough crappy stories, literally, uh, to share on all that stuff. I remember in our old space, we had a toilet that just, you know, 
wanted to keep causing problems. And actually for my wedding gift, um, Brett Ninga, who, uh, I was basically leasing the space from back then, uh, got me this like legit commercial grade toilet. Like this thing, man, could suck down a cell phone. I mean, when you flushed it, like it would suck your body in if you were too close. Like that's how legit this thing was. And uh, super helpful, super grateful. I'm sure the toilet is still uh, rocking over there in that building. That thing was bulletproof. But you have to deal with that stuff, just like a house. If you own a brick and mortar or you lease a brick and mortar, and even if you got a landlord, like you're going to, depending on how you have it structured, you're going to have to be responsible for that stuff. And it's a lot to take on. And so just know it's just another headache. That's why for me, I wouldn't want to have multiple facilities in multiple locations. It just seems like uh, a literal pain in the ass, man. I just, I don't want to deal with it. But it's part of the game. Number 10, you probably research on different tactics and different protocols like within your industry of what's new, what's happening. Continuing education is a huge piece. You always have to be, you know, shifting and learning and moving, not only in your field, but in the world itself. How things are becoming, you know, digital. Uh, do you have digital offerings as opposed to your in-person stuff? Uh, those are huge things. That You're constantly learning and researching and, and spending a lot of time maybe on things you don't want to do, but it's important to the life of the business and it's important to the industry itself. That's why I say I think you have to love what you do. It's really important because I don't want to sit here again. I used to think I was stupid um, just because of school and, and teachers and, and, and comments that you would hear as a kid because you wouldn't do it as good on tests and with grades and stuff. And now I realize that's not the case at all. I just didn't give a shit what they were talking about. And I have a different emotional um, intelligence set as opposed to just, you know, straight IQ wise. And uh, I couldn't, now I think I could learn most things. I really do. But uh, obviously, I can't be a doctor. I'm a fucking moron. And I can't be an accountant because I can barely count. But other things other than that, yeah. Like if I was to, like understanding of finance, I understand it. Um, if I was to be in real estate, right, um, I think I could crush it. I basically would take this same model and I would turn into real estate and I'd become the dude. But I don't love it enough. I don't love homes enough. I don't care about them. To me, they're just structures that you live in to protect you from animals and and criminals. Um, so I don't, and it's where you sleep, you know, and I like them like anybody else, but I don't care about it. My point is, I don't think I could do the research and always be reading about the trends and the industries and the things that are like what people are into. I just don't care enough about it. That's why I'm, I'm a huge fan of loving what you do, because if you can get lost in it, then it doesn't feel like you're working all the time. It just feels like, well, I'm interested in this and I like this and what the hell else would I spend my time doing? Number 11, you can listen to podcasts and you probably should. Um, especially if it's things that pertain to your industry. And again, that's why I say loving what you do is, is key because I'm always listening to stuff. And now a lot of times I listen to just like bullshit stuff that I personally like, but I'm a huge fan of understanding about personal development, about habits, uh, about nutrition, about movement specifically, uh, rehab. All these things kind of fall into my circle of what I do every single day. And it's vital. And that's something I think you guys should be doing as well if you really want to dive and make something that's a side hustle a real job. Or, you know, if you want to take that passion project into a side hustle that actually does earn income over time. Number 12, building joint ventures uh, is huge for anybody. And now we do a lot of these, obviously, with Athletic Greens, with Beam CBD, which is the CBD, obviously, I take every single night. Uh, we do a ton of stuff with the Savannah Resort here, which anybody, if you guys ever come to the Valley, 
we can get you, is it 25% off every night? I have a sign across the room. My eyes are going. I'm getting old. Um, I think it's 25% off uh, your room stay. And this is a beautiful resort where we have a partnership with them, a joint venture with them, if you will. Uh, their place is great. Uh, Core Power Yoga we do one with where our members can go to Core Power Yoga four times a month for free. All this super cool stuff. These are huge things that make our business better, makes their business better, makes our client experience better, makes every, all of you listening better. We try to work out these joint venture deals with all of these guys who are people we trust, people we believe in, who we think can help you guys. It's helped my business more than anything. Um, if I didn't want to just train humans anymore, like I'm like, I'm done with this shit. And I didn't even really want to just like do online coaching anymore. And like, I don't know what the fuck I would do. But let's just say I didn't want to do any of that. Like we could just do the joint ventures and like, that's, that's enough money for me to live a really great life and be really happy and, and really fulfilled. And I'd have a lot of free time to like, you know, piss off Heather and, you know, Dave and I could go drink fucking White Claws and play golf. That actually sounds terrible. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's what I could do because these joint ventures have helped us grow so much financially and helped us expand our network of people so much. So I do think those JV ventures are huge. We have them with physicians here. Uh, movement restoration, uh, with Dr. Geyer, Dr. Robeck. Like we work with all these guys. It's your network and it's huge. Number 13, uh, if you're running a business, you got to have a system. So you got to have a playbook. You got to have a manual, whether it be your rules, your regulations, uh, your house rules, if you will. Like we have ours on the wall. These are more for our clients, but we do have protocols here for Jack, for Monica. Uh, they're actually on the wall. We have a Jeremy Scott fitness staff daily checklist and uh, Jeremy Scott Fitness Daily Health Guidelines, uh, something else. See, I should know what all these are. I typed all this shit years ago, but they're here, um, and it's just important. And we have to update them sometimes. Obviously, Jack is new to the team, so he'll have some other things we'll go through. Matt Sizemore, Matt, if you're listening, Matt's a gamer. I don't got to tell Matt shit. Matt helps me more than, you know, next to fuck my wife and Monica, Matt is the fucking, like, the savior of a lot of stuff that we do, so I don't have to ever tell him anything. But we do have these system manuals here that are just a, a playbook of, of what you guys are trying to do, what are the outcomes you want, and, and everybody in the team can come in and you can slot someone in. So when like Jacob leaves, Jack can come in. When Kelly left and Monica's just here, like we can work with anything, but it's important. Number 14, you could do the little things, man. Clean up the parking lot. Take out the trash. Uh, scrub the toilets. Do all those types of things. Now, admittedly, um, we have an HOA here, so they do clean up the parking lot. They trim the trees. Uh, they take out the huge garbage, but we do take the trash out here and we do pick up shit in the, in the back alley when we see it there. Um, you just do little things. You just treat your business like you treat your home. And actually I, I keep it cleaner here than I clean my house. I leave more shit around my house than I ever would here. Sorry, Heather. Um, but it's what I do. And, uh, but we also do have, you know, a cleaning company that comes in all the time. They do all the hard stuff. I'm not a huge fan of scrubbing toilets, but obviously if someone comes in here, takes a, a massive dump and there's shit streaks everywhere, I'll do what I got to do. Uh, but for the most part, like we have a team that comes in, but there's little tasks you're going to do. But for the longest time, like we were the ones cleaning the gym. We were the ones mopping the floor. We were the ones always scrubbing the toilets. We were spraying everything down. And it's just part of it up front. You got to be willing to do the little stuff. I still take the trash out here. I still vacuum here. I still do. We actually have like a 
a leaf blower that blows a lot. Actually, it's amazing. Uh, we do that a lot. But even the turf, like we have those, like, it's like those sticky rolls. Like if your dog has dog hair, you do a little sticky roll on your pants to get the hair off. We have huge ones here for the turf. I'm always doing things like that. It's part of it, dude. Taking pride in where you work and what you do and, and treating it better than you would even treat your home, I think is vital. And people notice it. And uh, it's how it should be done. Number 15, if you're in a fitness business, you're writing programs, dude. You're working on programming all the time. Whatever your program is, whoever your clients are, you're always updating, learning. You're trying to get better at your craft. You're trying to make them, for this fitness, some of it's entertaining. So you're trying to make it fun for them, safe, effective, efficient, but also challenging at the same time. And it, it takes a lot of time to do that. It's a skill. And knowing what your people can do, knowing what your people you know, can't do, understanding where they're trying to go with their fitness, it's all part of it. So you have to dedicate some time every single week. I typically block off, you know, a couple hours to kind of look through things. And then I, I flow through them and I do them as I train. So my training has evolved over the years where it's not just selfishly all the shit I want to do. It's, well, what can I do? And then integrate what these guys can do. And so I can understand where they're going to go. You know, that makes, like when I do something, I might not do the full workout that they did, I've been in this a long time, you guys, and I'm older. I don't have, I can't train 40 hours a week anymore, like physically. My body will break down. But I might take a, a six-minute block and be like, okay, here's what I could do in six minutes. So, okay, Jeff is about here. Dennis is about here. Um, Susie's about here. Uh, you know, uh, Megan's about there. Okay, this is where the average person will fall. And you start to kind of gauge and understand. That's what I'm talking about being a practitioner. And that comes with programming and it comes with experience and it comes with you actually giving a fuck about what you do and what they do to try to make it fun, efficient, but make them better at the same time. And that's what differs in fitness from probably a lot of other industries. And that's when you know a coach is really good when they're actually doing the shit they're telling you about. I just, I have a real hard time for the guys who don't. I just, I don't got a lot of respect for that. Number 16. Work with a web designer. Um, you got to have somebody in your corner to work on your website, integrate all your social media stuff. If you're not doing it yourself, it's crucial. It's key. You got to have a site. People live on the internet. That's where they find you. I don't give a shit about being on a major street um, and having like some super sexy storefront. It's almost irrelevant to me at this point. Obviously, there are certain things geographically that can help you, but if you got the internet, man, it's the end all be all. Have a site that works, that, uh, you know, it's easy for people to opt into and find you and learn about what you do. Number 17, you got to make time for your own workouts, man. Uh, I don't care who you are and in, in what you're doing. And, and even in fitness, I know it seems like it'd be super easy and simple, but I think sometimes training and working in this life makes it even harder to do. It really does because you've been in this space for 10 hours in the day, 12 hours, 13 hours. And it's like the last thing you want to do is sit here for another hour and beat the shit out of yourself, but it's got to be done. So you got to schedule your own workout and anybody else who works outside of this industry, joining a program, obviously like ours or one locally with your community or even online, it's going to be helpful. It gives you some accountability. It gives you a set time and a date and a schedule when to show up and when to train and when to do the work, but it has to be done because running your own business, you can get swallowed by it. There's always emails. There's always phone calls. There's always fires to put out. There's always um, people that are pissed or you know, inquiring and it can consume you if you let it. And that's again, why I say you probably should love it, man, because it's going to be your life. It's, um, if you ever watch Dexter, you know, he's famous for coining it's, it's his dark passenger, right? Um, it's like this person that rides alongside you everywhere you go. I don't want to say it's an anchor or a weight because it's not the right way to put it, 
but it's this thing that's always with you. And you care about this thing like you care about people. And it can consume you if you let it. So you have to schedule in your own health and your own fitness and your own time to actually train. Number 18, at times you're going to have to rearrange your schedule. I try to keep my stuff, you know, pretty fixed, but things come up, man. Uh, and you're the one who probably has to clean up the mess, especially if you're the captain of the ship. You sometimes might have to cover for somebody or you might have to be willing to bend a little bit in order to make things happen if you really want to move this bad boy forward and keep the momentum rolling. And it's tough at times. And uh, I'm getting way better at it now than I was years ago. Uh, there's a lot of things I just cancel now. There's a lot of things I won't move. And there's a lot. I've said no more this year than even the year before. And I'm going to keep saying no more because I just, for my mental health for one, but uh, just the physical stamina in your body, you, you can only burn the candle at both ends for so long. And I'm like, I'm here when I'm here. And I'm not when I'm not. I'm not going to come back if I'm just, if I'm done for the day. It's just over. And, I, and you guys got to be really fixed on that too. Now, when you're in the growing phase initially, and if you're young, and you don't have kids or a wife and you're going to grind your face off and you got to do what you got to do. But at some point when you build it and you establish it, you got to set some boundaries. And admittedly, um, I still work a ton. I'm here on a Sunday. It's one o'clock still, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can with it. Number 19. Uh, if you're in health and fitness, for sure, you're probably going to be on the phone with Zen planner or mind body dealing with some bullshit. Um, and my fitness people know what I'm talking about there. Uh, but there's always going to be issues and things with whether it be uh, technology or billing or, or you name it, but you're going to have to clean up the mess or delegate to somebody who's obviously cleaning up the mess. Number 20, like I mentioned before, you probably got to clean the gym sometimes. You probably got to clean your facility. Even in between when you're cleaning company and people come, you're going to keep it nicer and care about it more than anybody else does. Just like your own house. You really do. When it's yours and you built it uh, and you've created it, you're going to care about it more than anyone else will. So you're always going to notice little things are out of place. So you're always going to be picking up little things and doing stuff that other people probably won't do. Number 21, you're going to be on the phone running a business, whether it be with prospective clients uh, with current clients or your joint venture people, you're going to be on the phone making calls, whether it's uh, Skype or Zoom or Teams. It's going to be part of your day. And you got to, that's why I say scheduling is vitally important, but that's part of what you do. Uh, number 22, uh, we're just talking about meeting with clients that maybe want to leave, um, especially in our industry, in our life, the people who want to leave you. Um, you can just let them go if you want to. You can question them. You can handle it the way you want. I've had people here who just, um, they had a bounce for certain reasons. And sometimes it's okay. And we just let them go. And then I have people who, I remember a lady, she probably doesn't listen so I can say it. Um, her name was Patty. She was here for a long time. I remember she, I was training with Ben down at his place. And she had called my phone and said she was going to leave um, and maybe try yoga a little bit to see how that worked. And you know, sometimes I don't, I don't fight people. I don't want them to, uh, to be here if they don't want to be here. And if you want to go do something else, that's cool. I got enough people who care about this place and want to be here that I can help. But just the way she kind of said it, I knew she was full of shit on the phone. And I called her and I'm like, hey, Patty, I'm like, I don't care what you do. But I'm like, you know, if your goals are to lose weight, to drop a dress size, to move better, to feel better, to really change how you're eating and, and living your life, doing yoga maybe here or there isn't going to do it. And I'm like, I don't care if you want to leave, that's fine. But doing what you're saying is maybe doing yoga a little bit isn't going to fucking hack it. So think about it. 
You call me tomorrow. If you want to cancel, we'll dump your stuff completely. But I really think this is the best option for you. If you can make this work, this is going to give you more tools in the toolbox. You're going to learn more. There's more accountability. And I think you'll be better off over time. Long story short, calls me back the next day. Stayed here for another three years. Left in way better shape than she came. And sometimes that's what you're going to have to spend time doing is, is the next step. You know, could I let her walk out the door? Sure. Initially, she stayed, made her life way better, better habits, better mobility, stronger, fitter, happier. And then selfishly, we made obviously thousands and thousands of dollars by her staying here. So it's a win-win for everybody. Number 22, excuse me, 23. Find a digital marketing agency that can actually help you get results if you're not great on social. Um, social media is tough, man, for a lot of people. Uh, it just really is. If it's a full-time job, if it gets big enough and you want it to be, and if you really want to play with the big boys and have reach, you got to spend time doing it. Your video quality has to be on point. Uh, the audio probably has to be on point. You probably have to invest in some good cameras or at least these super, what is this phone I'm looking at? My new iPhone, what is this iPhone 12? It's like 1500 bucks, biggest memory, best camera, best photos. Um, or if it's a podcast, right? Like we do a lot of business on a podcast, but again, all this equipment I'm talking on is at least just this right here. A couple thousand, thousand bucks, 1500 bucks right here, just for this. So, and I'm on a MacBook. Again, the point is that you're going to have to invest some money into it for sure. And if you're not great at it, you can find a good digital marketing agency that can actually help you, you know, get prospects, get leads. And then it's up to you obviously to convert them. Um, but you got to live in that space, dude. You got to do the research and just think like, oh, I'm going to start a, an Instagram and I'm going to get 50,000 people to follow me. No, nah, it's really tough to do, man. It really is. It's, um, you're competing with people who it's their daily job. And I, I use Alexia as the example. Like Lex was here a couple weeks ago. Just 2 million people on Instagram. I looked at her story when she was here. We're bullshitting. There was probably 60 stories just on her Instagram story alone of what she went through in the day. Plus the two videos that she put out there. It's insane. It's a, and again, like, yes, she's a, she's a beautiful, she's a unicorn. She's super fit. You know, she speaks well. Um, but that's so much work, dude. And she does it every single day and to think that you're going to just kind of bullshit throw some half-ass video up there and people are just going to watch it follow it and buy stuff from you it's crazy so you're probably gonna have to spend some time learning that if you want to play in that space which at this point i don't think it's even an option you just have to it's just part of it and it takes way more time effort and energy than people think it does number 24 you're gonna have to replace things things are going to break whether it be equipment hvac filters light bulbs, you name it. There's little tasks you have to do. It's just part of being in house. Number 25. This comes back to my last point. You got to have to post on social. You really do. Um, I don't care what kind of business you run. I'm not saying you got to do a podcast. It's not for everybody. I'm not saying you have to do every platform, but I might, I'm not saying you got to be on Twitter even, or even Facebook, but you have to do something, whether it's YouTube or LinkedIn or Instagram, you have to go where people are. All of us on the internet, you're basically vying for people's attention. You're trying to buy up as much real estate, if you will, in people's brains as you can. So you got to be there early and often and consistent. Consistency is probably the key more than anything. I'm not saying every day, but consistently you got to get on a posting schedule, whether it be daily, um, every other day, three times a week, you name it, and, and share things that are going to help people, whether they be only value-based or whether they're comical who knows or both it, it doesn't matter but you have to be there that's where people live walk around some time in the store go on uh go on an airplane 
just walk around outside for, for fuck's sake. Like if you're standing somewhere, people stare at those screens all day and just scroll and scroll and scroll. Go to a coffee shop, wait for your coffee. Almost nobody's looking at each other. People are just staring at the phones, which is fine. I have no issue with it, but they live there. And if you're not there, out of sight, out of mind, they're not going to think of you. You got to get better. You really do. And don't just pander to your audience. Share things that you want to share and that you want to be known for, but also give them the things that they want and that they need that are going to help your business and help you spread your message further. Number 26, you're going to have to lead team meetings, not just with individual people, but as a team. You got to get together. You got to talk. You got to chat. Luckily for me, the team is small, so it's painless. And I like everybody who works here. But if you're going to run a business, you're going to be the boss, you're going to be the CEO, the president, the general manager, if you will, you're going to have to do team meetings. My advice, keep them quick, keep them short and to the point. Don't make them long, drawn out, and people hate that shit. At least I did when I worked for somebody briefly. Number 27, you got to understand your capacity, what you can handle, what you can take on. How many people can we even service? How many people can we help? How many cookies can we even bake? How many heads of hair can we cut? How many clients can you train at one time? How many groups can fit in here? How many people can you handle in an online coaching program? All those things matter, and you have to understand your bandwidth. You might have to test it once in a while, but know where you're at. Know how to gauge it. Know how to grow it, and know when the ceiling is too high, and know where you want to cap it at, and understand like when does the quality drop off? Because for me, I'd rather do, I'd rather help less people, but if I can really help them, as opposed to just throw a bunch of shit out there and, and hope it helps some people. I like to have some form of personal connection with everybody who comes across our stuff, whether it's even a one way, you know, where they're just listening to me and, and watching, I like to control the quality. So I know my threshold, I know what my bandwidth is and how much capacity we have here, both in person and online for the most part. Number 28, you have to think about new ideas and opportunities all the time. You kind of always have to be evolving and, uh, and growing and moving and shifting. And if you're not, you're probably dying. And you probably become extinct, just like the dinosaurs, man. Um, and it's tough. And who knows where the world's going to go. And there might be things you're not willing to do or don't want to do. And that might be the time that you bow out or you move. But if you are always thinking of new ideas and opportunities and fun things you can do for your people and your tribe, I think you're going to be okay. It's just being educated and being in the space. And that, again, this all ties back to being somebody who's, I'm not saying creative, but just loves what they do. Because if you enjoy what you're doing, things are going to just pop up. Oh, that'd be fun. We could try that. We could think of that. And you're going to connect it to your business and to your craft and to your calling. It's always going to be moving and, and shaping into what you truly want it to be. Number 29, you're going to ask your clients and your members um, for insight on how you're doing and, uh, you know, what they like, what they want. And, you know, I joke here, um, people here talk a lot of shit about the music um, some people here love 80s hits. Some people here love 90s hip hop. Some people here love System of Down. Some people here love Taylor Swift. Some people love Metallica. Some people love Skrillex. I personally love Tupac. Point is, you can't please everybody. Um, you got to kind of keep a, you know, I keep a rotation and I do the best I can. Um, I, I joke with them with the music because it just everybody, we kind of fuck with everybody. But uh, that's a really hard thing to win. But you have to ask people their insight, you know, what they like, what they want, what they want to listen to, uh, what products they enjoy. You know, hey, what color t-shirts do you guys like? How are these workouts been lately? What do you think about the videos we've been putting on? All those things, their insight matters. Um, 
Because without them, there is no business. Without them, none of this exists. Without them buying the cookies, without them getting their hair cut, you don't have anything to do. You don't have, these are the people you're serving. You work for them in our reality. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Every podcast we did, you know, probably in the early first hundred episodes were either blogs that I'd written to help people that we just transcribed and turned into a podcast, um, obviously, you know, verbally or questions people had asked and we just answered. And that's where the material came from. We were trying to solve problems. And that's why I always ask these guys, you know, what are the most common questions we get and can we answer those? Can we keep solving people's problems? And that comes from us asking for their insight and your business will be no different. And number 30, if you're in fitness specifically, you might have to cover those late night sessions and miss dinner with your family once again, because you're the captain of the ship. And when something goes wrong, you're the one who's got to make sure the, the ship doesn't sink. You're the one who's got to put the fire out. You're the one who's the last line of defense, if you will. But that's what you signed up for. You get all the glory, um, which is not right either. But you get way more praise than you need to for things. But then you got to eat all the shit too. It's a uh, it's a win lose, right? It's um, you know, selfishly you get all the the glory, all the all the fame, all the adoration, all the praising. But then you got to eat all the shit too for people at times. And that just comes with the territory, man. You know, it's like everybody wants to, to run their own business until it comes time to run their own business, right? Like everybody wants to be, you know, a badass until it's time to do things that, that badass people do. And you live and learn with that stuff for sure. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just inevitable. You know, you don't want to get into a routine of that, but you are always going to be the last backstop and you're always going to care about it and you're always going to sacrifice more and you're going to be the last person to call in sick or make an excuse of why you could or couldn't, you know, do something. So of all these things I listed, the takeaway here, um, you can't possibly do all those things by yourself every single day. I've tried. I tried as a young man. Um, I didn't have the skill set for one, but even for me, and I like to think I'm, you know, you know, kind of sickly motivated and driven, even I can't possibly do all those things every single day. I can't coach every single group here. I can't work with every single person here individually. And I can't, you know, message every single person individually online here. I can't load every single video. You know, I can't create every single program we ever do. I can't mail out every single t-shirt. You know, I can't make every connection. I can't be the, the lead person on every joint venture. I can't take over all the auction items. Like, there's so many things that Matt does that I don't even fucking understand anymore. There's things that Jack does now that I won't do. There's things that Monica always does that I never do. And that's the key here. You can't possibly do it all. And when you start off, you're going to have to, and it's going to be real tough, and it's going to be hodgepodge, but you need to get at least a small, awesome team around you to be successful in the long term. And all of these tasks are not created equal. And that's the point. The secret to success, you guys, is finding which ones are the most important and going all in on those things and then sprinkling the other ones around them and getting other people to do them and offloading things that you're not great at that other people can do better. Um, that's it. The point I'm driving at is there's a lot of things. If you really want to, you know, make something grow and I'm not an expert on shit. I'm just a guy who didn't want to hate his Wednesday, who
who quit a corporate job well over a decade ago with no clients and no money and no resources and started a fitness business before Instagram was even a thing. And uh, never planned it to, to, to be this and to do this, but I'm very thankful and humbled that it is this. And along the way, I've learned a lot of things that you can't, you can't do it all. And all tasks aren't created equal and all of them don't have to be done by you. But you have to understand which ones are important in the moment and which ones are important to you and, and play to your strengths and surround yourself with people who can fill in the gaps of your weaknesses. And, and I try to do a real good job of that. And the one thing I will say too that uh, is super helpful, and this can apply to all of you depending on how you look at it. Uh, there's a guy here. Uh, Brent Orm, he's the guy I actually uh, hiked the Grand Canyon with, rim to rim to rim. He's done it like 10, 12 years in a row. Dude's crazy, runs a real successful business, does a lot of uh, like sandblasting, power washing, those types of things. And, you know, runs a small, super successful business. And the one thing he, he said to me, like him and I have, have you know, uh, talked a lot about this over the years. He's turned me on to a lot of, you know, things. Um, he kind of turned me on to the Dave Ramsey stuff, even though I knew Dave before he, uh, he got me the gift. Uh, gets, I, I was uh, not financial peace. Jesus Christ. I fucking forget so much now. I'm getting so old. Um, like the intro Ramsey book where they talk about the baby steps and things like that. Um, he turned me on to uh, to that early on. And then uh, him and I have talked about running a business and people and, and the, the different idiosyncrasies and like paying taxes and all just the shit that comes with it. And the one thing he said to me was, he's like, you know what? Of all the things, he's like, you know what helps? having a doctor as a wife and like, and he's, and he's joking, but he's serious too. He's like, because it allowed me to be able to fuck up and do some things where she was still earning an income. And, uh, it's funny that he says that, but it's also super true. Um, and I don't mean like, obviously you don't have to have a doctor as a wife. It does help if they can make a decent amount of money because you can be kind of a dumbass and it, it lets you, you know, take a couple L's where there is a little bit of a safety net and at least the income that's in there. And the way that I heard that was, is have a partner who's supportive and uh, and can help you for sure. And uh, obviously my wife has a corporate job and has the entire time I've known her, same company, and she makes, you know, what I would consider to be good money. And um, it's super helpful to have somebody who is there and supports you and um, and puts up with the crazy shit you have to do to make a small business run. And She's not here, obviously, at the moment. Doesn't know I'm saying any of this. But uh, this thing wouldn't run um, without her. And I do give her a lot of shit. And I give her a hard time. But uh, that's what we—that's our relationship. It's what we do. If you guys could hear us like when we're not on the podcast, how much shit we talk to each other, it's... Um, it's crazy. It's like you're. It's like when you're. It's like when you and your best friend, right? Like it's when you and your your buddy. At least how I do. Like the, it's almost like the meaner you are to each other, the more you like each other. The more shit you talk about each other, and the more you like razz each other about your, you know, um, whether it's the things that like you are self conscious about or the things that you do, like you kind of fuck with each other. And her and I do that all the time, and I do it in this in this realm too. But admittedly, um, I don't think I could have started this without her, I don't think it would have been possible, especially like the first six months or a year. And it certainly wouldn't be this at this point without her in my life, right? Like where her skill set is much different than mine. Um, we're similar in a lot of ways. And it's creepy in a lot of ways how the same we are. But we're also drastically different. And it's helped me a ton. And obviously, from the standpoint of putting up with my shit, 
um, and my schedule. Now she reaps the benefits for sure, but all my nonsense and just like the constant, you know, reading and listening and writing and training and like filming and all the things we do, it just wouldn't be possible without somebody like that in your corner. So if you're going to start something, this, this is what I'm driving at here. If you're going to start something small, um, and leave your corporate job or really try to grow something, you have to have a partner who is supportive if you're married. Because if they're not on board, dude, I don't see how you do it. I, I really don't. If she didn't care about health and fitness and nutrition and want to learn about it and be a practitioner and be part of this thing and be part of the community and talk to people, it just wouldn't go. Um, I don't know. It would still be. It could be here. But it, w- it sure as hell wouldn't be the same. And the videos you guys see sure as hell wouldn't be the way that they are. Most definitely. And a lot of the, I mean, everything from the smoothie videos that we do um, to obviously all the fitness stuff that she films and comes in and does like, um, I owe her the world for that. Definitely. And that's really important because, you know, from the outside, my name's in the building, it's on all the t-shirts and I get all the praise and stuff and I do work my fucking ass off, but really without like a Monica and like, you know, a Jack helping and like Matt and like my wife specifically, this thing would not go because they take so many things off my plate to allow this thing to run the way that it does. And that's the secret, you guys, is not just finding what tasks are important, but finding what people are important in your life and keeping them there and choosing the people you're in your life with and you're surrounded with wisely. I'm tying this back to Tommy Baker's initial, you know, you have to really have an awesome support group of people. And that's your team. And when I say team, I don't just mean the people who you employ and the people you work with or the people you work for. I mean your wife, your husband, your friends, your family. Are they all in support of what you're doing? And the more people you have that can support your mission, and if you're leading from the front and you're a real practitioner and you love it and you're fucking crazy like me, they're going to get on board and they're going to be with it. And they're going to see that and they're going to have a belief in you that, you know, will almost freak you out that they believe in your shit so much. But they're seeing you do it so they'll believe in you in the process. And that's how I've been able to do this over the past 11, 12, 11 years on my own, you know, training people for, fuck, 16 years at this point. And uh, it would not be possible without having the right humans in your circle. So the takeaway is choose wisely. Not only the tasks that are important, the ones you have to do, but choose your partner and choose your team wisely because that's going to dictate the amount of success you have, not just in your business, but in your life in general. You know, if you want to look at somebody's future, look at their friends. And uh, it'll paint a pretty clear picture of where they're probably going to go. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Hopefully it made sense. I tried to make it as, as much about every business and um, industry as possible. Obviously I can only speak on this because I don't know a lot other than what I've lived in, you know, basically a hundred hours a week for the past decade. And, uh, it's helped me and hopefully it'll help a lot of you guys who, you know, just want to start something because you love it and you care about it. And you want to get out of the current situation you're in because life is too fucking short, man, to work a job you hate. That's why we put on the t-shirts here. You're not you're not put here to just pay bills and die, man. You, you really weren't. So if you can find something you love that you can do that can fill your cup, that can make money and it can help people and it can help your family and help your life, then by all means go out and do that. And hopefully these things will at least kind of paint a picture for you and put you on the right track to get there. So um, 
As always, Athletic Greens, thank you guys as a sponsor of the site, athleticgreens.com forward slash Jeremy Scott for your supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your greens or hit me up and I'll have Monica send a pack right to your front door. You can try the greens and then get hooked up with all of the free stuff from there. And again, if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, scroll down, drop it a five star, leave some comments. I truly would appreciate it. And uh, I think that's it. Um, We have, my plan is to have Colleen Fosh back on the podcast on Friday. Colleen's like the 25th fittest woman on the planet, um, CrossFit Games, and now she, I believe, is on the Olympic bobsled team, which is a pretty crazy fucking transition. She's a beast. She's a gangster. Um, we'll talk about her training and nutrition, how it's trained her life in general. She's been on before, love her to death. Uh, she's always a great guest. So you guys will get a lot out of that. And, man, she's a freak. She k- kills most dudes. It's just amazing. It'll be fun. So that's coming up on Friday, and that's probably the next time I'll be on. i got a busy week here. And uh, thank you guys. If you're watching on YouTube, appreciate it. And again, uh, have an awesome Sunday, guys, or whenever you are listening to this. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.